0: This is the WP Elevation podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and I'm very excited to have with me from New York, Marin from Zirtual. Hey Maren, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: Awesome, very well, thank you. Uh, Thanks for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. For those of you that don't know, Zirtual is a US-based virtual assistant service, which we're going to learn a little bit more about. Uh, But before we get into this interview, a quick announcement on a competition. I'm going to give away a $50 Amazon voucher for you to go and buy your favourite book. Um, So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. All right, hey Maren, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Um, I first wanted to be a lawyer and then I remember wanting to be in hedge funds even though I didn't know a lot about them. I just always thought they looked cool and the market was interesting to me and then after that I don't really remember. I just started to get into small business things and yeah, that was
0: it. Cool. And when did you discover the web and online business?
1: Uh, through starting my first eBay business when I was in college. I needed to optimize um, some of the things I was selling and I wanted to get more traffic. So I started looking into creating blog websites and doing some paid online advertising.
0: Ah, cool. Um, now, before we start talking about Zirtual, uh did you ever work as a personal assistant yourself?
1: No, I mean uh, technically, I've worked as a virtual assistant because I, when I started virtual, I was the first virtual assistant until I hired a second one. But um, I was never a personal assistant or anything like that.
0: So you started off, you started virtual as a virtual assistant, and then when you got too busy, you hired someone else, and then it grew from there.
1: Yeah, it actually started as a company called Virtual Zeta, which was just an offshoot of my blog, and it was a, a. Pretty much a website that matched people who were looking for Filipino virtual assistants, um, and then from there the idea started evolving. I changed the name. I moved to San Francisco, and um, it turned more into the service it is today versus a one-off uh, matching site.
0: Gotcha. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, but what what made you want to escape the nine to five?
1: Uh, I mean. It's it's kind of, it's odd to say just because I never had like a typical 9-to-5. The closest thing I had to a 9-to-5 was the summer when I was 18, I worked in my parents' friend's office as like, I think I was like a secretary slash file person, and it was like three months, and it was the longest three months of my life. I absolutely hated it. I, uh, I just remember like literally being so depressed because it was really white, very bright, lighting bothered bother me and I just had eight hours a day where I had to just sit around doing nothing and it was just mind-numbingly boring and I realized that I didn't want to do that with my life and at the same time I was never particularly great at school um, and I knew that the whole lawyer thing wasn't going to happen since I didn't have the, the wherewithal to go through law school and then I realized that lawyers actually do a lot of paperwork in offices and I'm just too antsy to kind of be in one place (laughs) for. So it kind of happened organically and I just think we never had to enter the nine to five. So
0: So it kind of sounds like uh, that, you know, being an entrepreneur and building your own thing kind of happened out of necessity because you just weren't cut out to work a job. I
1: think so. Uh, Necessity, and I've always been very interested in building businesses, like people that build businesses have always been fascinating to me. It's almost like uh, some people are interested in architecture, building houses, just the way people people structure businesses and build out human organizations has always just been really interesting.
0: Do you remember when that kind of started to, when, when you started, when that fascination with business started? How did that come about?
1: Uh, I think I got a fascination with delegation or automation from a young age just because, like, the one thing I remember is washing dishes at our little our little house in Texas. We didn't have a dishwasher. And it would drive me nuts because I would always wash the same dishes and then they would get dirty again. And I remember <laughs> my mom, like, could we use paper dishes and or could we get a dishwasher? And she said, no, like, both were well, too expensive. But I, I tried to explain to her even at a young age, like, how little sense it made for us to spend time doing something that we just continue to do. And that was, I always thought I was really lazy. And that might still be the case, actually. I don't necessarily know that's not true. But um, I, I was always interested in how I could not have to do repetitive things. And I think that's what drew me towards the, the virtual assistant delegation space.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. It that reminds me of a... a, a joke about this little girl in primary school on the punchline basically is uh, we don't dry the dishes at home, we just wash them, put them on the rack and let God dry them.
1: (laughs) That's kind of funny, I'm going to use that. (laughs) Uh,
0: Alright, let's talk a little bit about Zurchal. How do you describe what you do in one sentence? What's the elevator pitch when you meet someone new and they ask you what you do and what your business is?
1: Uh, We provide virtual assistance to busy entrepreneurs and professionals.
0: Cool. Uh, what, what do you actually spend most of your time doing day to day?
1: Um, I do a lot of operational stuff, a little bit of marketing, a lot of uh, strategic planning and compliance things. Right now we're in a big growth stage and we're hiring several directors. So while we don't have those directors, I'm kind of acting director of a few different departments. Everything from hiring, which is very big for us because we're bringing in new ZAs every single week in in large quantities, and um, HR, things like that. I do a little bit of everything right now. Um, In the next three to six months, I'll be able to get more narrow and focused, but right now, it's kind of all hands on deck.
0: Cool. Uh, Sounds like a, a, a typical kind of entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night
1: um my uncomfortable bed here in New York
0: <laughs> good answer uh how do you how do you before we talk a bit more about Zirtual how do you chill out how, what do you do when you're not working how do you unwind
1: um uh I love to read and listen to audio books and podcasts I like to wander in the city um Smoking and drinking, huh? That would be always <laughs> I try to like I I want to do yoga and pilates in theory and do more meditative stuff, but that hasn't really panned out thus far. Right. <laughs>
0: so. At least you're honest about it. That's <laughs> I really appreciate that. I admire yeah. that. <laughs> um Alright, let's talk about remote workplaces or distributed workforces. What do you think the benefits are of remote staff?
1: Well, I mean, there's so many. Uh, One of the benefits is you don't have to pay for overhead for an office. Uh, The second benefit is you are not limited to a geographical location for where you can hire uh, talented people. You can technically hire all over the world if you're a truly distributed remote workforce. The third is the personal benefits it gives the people that work for you and yourself. I'm spending four months in New York um, and then I Going back to the West Coast, but I get to travel just as much as the people that uh, that work for virtual because of the way we set it up. So those would be the three big ones I would see. Um, I also think probably one additional thing is when you're distributed, you have to get really good at communication. When you're in an office building, you can spend a lot of time not doing anything, and it feels like you're doing something because you're in physical proximity to people. When you're working virtually. Everything that's being done needs to be ironed out. It needs to be explained. It needs to be written down. There need to be protocols. I mean, you don't get to just kind of skate by on, you know, busy work type of stuff. The only thing that matters when it's a distributed workforce is results.
0: Yeah, it, um, <clears throat> you know, it reminds me of when I first started using Zirtual. I got a series of emails from you guys kind of teaching me how to delegate properly and in fact there was this fantastic boilerplate email that you know was like use this email to give your virtual assistant you know actionables by a deadline and I've been kind of out tasking and outsourcing for like five years and I reckon I learned more in the ten minutes that I spent reading that email and using it than I've learned in the last five years and it was so so how did that kind of this this service that you've got which is an online business but it seems to be integrated with some kind of best practice coaching and consulting built into it as well. How did that, who made the decision to do that and how did that come about?
1: Uh, That would be a mixture of Joanna who runs our our invite system, Um, my co-founder Eric and my co-founder Colin. Colin is really big into education, Eric's really big into design aesthetics what you saw, Eric probably designed, and Joanna and Colin probably worked on. They, I mean, we have a new client delegation tour. They can take this online thing. We do delegation consultations with our our uh, new client ambassador team, but they have pretty much put that out.
0: Because I, I think that was one of the things that that for me really cemented um, my success with Zurchil in those first kind of that first seven days really and I think that's the critical time that if yeah. someone's going to activate the service and get results out of it and it was just, I really felt like I was having my hand held and guided through the whole process and it was just, it was a world class experience. It was really fantastic.
1: I love it. That's awesome. It's really good to hear. I love it. That. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Um, so, do you think the virtual the, the assistants uh, are generally a certain type of person? or a certain type of personality?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, I mean the type of personality is people that really enjoy helping other people, people that are excited about uh, solving a problem for someone else, Um, people-pleasers is kind of the personality, but also people that are highly qualified, highly skilled and enjoy fixing problems for others. And then the types of people that are assistants, um, we can range from college students to retirees to stay-at-home moms. We have a lot of stay-at-home moms and dads, um, people that want to work virtually for whatever reason. Maybe they're traveling. Uh, we just had a virtual assistant who was like named, what was it? What oh, National Geographic Traveler, National Geographic Traveler of, the, of the Year. Wow. Yeah, which is really rad. I didn't know about it until today. Shoshanda just told me. Um, but yeah, it's it's it really it's very diversified.
0: Cool. Um, how do you make sure that the ZAs that you find are a good fit for your service and also a good fit for the client? Because if if I'm not mistaken, you don't meet all of your ZAs, right?
1: Uh, no, I mean I can count on two hands how many ZAs I've met. We have several hundred. Um, it's a pretty thorough hiring process that um, we put them through. There's like, I think, nine steps. It takes several weeks. We hire about 2 to 3% of the people who apply, and then we put them through certification, which is another three to four weeks of the training, and then they go um, to a little pool. We call it a pod where they have a manager, and that manager gets to know each one of them, so when you come on as a client and you request your feedback form, I need X, Y, and Z, the manager is like, oh, you know who's great at that, Jane or something.
0: So, and this is really, (laughs) it's really um, apparent that there is this awesome screening process because when I've outsourced in the past to the Philippines, you usually end up with like three or four on a short list, and then you have to interview them, and Mm -hmm. with you guys, I just told you what I wanted, and you just made a decision for me. You're like, yep, okay, cool, like, Three days later, it was like, meet Kristen. She's your new assistant, and you guys should talk on Skype and get to know each other. And I was like, wow, okay, this is a big leap of faith. I'm going to, you know, just trust you guys. And, of course, it turned out that she's awesome. And I wish, if I'd known what I know now, I wish I'd done this like six months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was just blown away at how, how much you found the right person based on the brief that I gave you.
1: That's awesome yeah that's just a testament to our managers and our people I mean we try to screen for really quality people and we try to get a good understanding of them so we can match well
0: Hmm. well it's working uh, what a ca- what are what a <laughs> there's some interesting stuff on your website about uh, you know the kinds of things that you can outsource and the kind of things that you can't so what mm-hmm. a, what a, and I'll let people discover that for themselves because it's kind of funny uh, but what are a couple of the craziest tasks that clients have assigned or tried to? Asan.
1: Um I mean managing girlfriends one always uh, that. We had somebody once who requested that their ZA help schedule I think it was like ten different women they were supposedly all in a monogamous relationship. Oh was, my god. I know. That was very odd. Um that was before we had our core values up, one of which is honesty. So if the ZA is not comfortable or whatever, we're like, you know, hey, we don't need to do this. But, I mean, sometimes it's like, I want to get Oprah's private line. And you're like, we'll try. And, I mean, they can make a really good effort, but it, it just depends. Or, you know, a big romantic gesture organized last minute. But it's actually surprising how many things people request and will actually be able to handle. Um, and the ZA pulls through the last minute. I'm always surprised by it. I assign stuff that's, you know, uh, like... Hard all the time, and I always
0: am blown away by the responses I get. Wow! And so, just at a high level, what what kind of percentage do you reckon is being uh, assigned that is business related, and what percentage is personal related?
1: I'd say seventy percent of our requests are business related. Um, probably thirty are personal.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Now, let's talk about you for a moment. Uh you know, being the founder of of Zirtual and and kind of the you know the 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 face of Zerchel, you've whether you like it or not, you've kind of got this public internet profile now. How has that changed things for you, or you know, what, what what do you like or dislike about having a public internet profile?
1: I mean, it hasn't really changed very much. I don't, I'm not active on that stuff. Like, I don't keep up with my Twitter. I barely use Facebook. I, I'm very unaware of whatever public Twitter type stuff. I mean, I uh, I think I got, I was a lot more involved in it when I was blogging actively, but I'm so heads down now. I pretty much hang out at home and go out within our neighborhood and do stuff like that. Um, if I'm at conferences and different events like that where like, there's more entrepreneurial type people, it's always interesting to meet other entrepreneurs, but. Day to day, it doesn't really affect anything. It's cool that people will reach out to me more willingly um, for feedback or whatever, um, that's always fun. But yeah, I try to be very accessible especially towards virtual clients because I always want to learn what's working for them and what's not.
0: Mm. Cool. Um, so, And you've got a bit of positive attention in the media lately. How's that feel as an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner to know that your business is getting this kind of attention?
1: Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was gratifying. It's been good, but uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's been good, it's been really nice. It's always fun to see cool articles that, that highlights the company and things like that. And yeah.
0: Cool. Um, what's the future for Zirtual and and the kind of virtual assistant concept?
1: Well, I mean, I think virtual, the, the concept of virtual assistant expands past assistant versus virtual worker. I think more and more the world is moving to a more globalized kind of workforce that's really perfectly suited for distributed labor. Um, I mean, we want to eventually not only have virtual assistants, but uh, virtual experts who are virtual workers who are really good at specific types of things, be it bookkeeping, design, um finance etc and then that's kind of where the future of virtual lays like we don't plan to flip our company or you know sell to a bigger company like our goal really is to grow this into something that outlasts us and that does does something very positive and kind of changes the way that people work both our clients and our 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 internal people because it allows our internal people to virtually to have that freedom, have that purpose and that community within their company. And it allows our clients to get more done, to be more productive, to, you know, also have more freedom. And I think it's kind of an awesome thing that it provides a a real good on both sides.
0: Mm, That sounds exciting. uh,
1: We need to grow it as as widespread as we possibly can and affect the most people.
0: Mm. Seth Godin talks a lot about... um, you know, the, the kind of traditional education system churning out well-behaved conforming robots that then go and, you know, get a job in a cubicle and the whole, uh, that whole kind of industrial complex. Uh, Jason Fried from 37 Signals gave a great TED talk about how, you know, the office is not the place to get work done. Um, so this whole distributed workforce and remote workforce thing, do you think that as the kind of big corporate landscape changes, do you think that this will become more of the norm or do you think that it's always going to be just the outliers and the kind of early adopters that use this kind of model?
1: I think it will completely become the norm. It makes sense financially and it makes sense economically and it also as the world grows and there's more communication, there's better connectivity people don't have to stay in the same place if they don't have to stay in the same place, there's very few reasons for big companies to force them to keep that. So I think it's absolutely the way things are, are going.
0: Mm. And do you think, um, I was talking to someone recently who uh, their company kind of instigated the fact that you, know, you can work from home a couple of days a week if, if you want. Do you think that more and more companies are going to do that kind of thing to encourage that kind of culture in order to attract good staff?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies already do do it, but uh, I think companies will start doing it more and more either for a cultural point of view or for the cost savings.
0: Mm. Cool. Um, just before we wrap up, I'm going to announce this this competition. We were speaking before the interview about the kind of services or partners that Zirchul could partner with to bring... Um, an even better service to virtual clients. I'm going to give you an example of how that might work. So uh, we use a, a product called Sweet Process which is a, uh, a, a product that allows you to put together beautiful standard operating procedures um, for your team to follow and the interface is absolutely gorgeous. So the way this works for me now is when I do a task I video myself doing the task on a, on a screencast. I send that to Kristen, my assistant, and she then turns that into a process with screenshots and writes it up and stores that in sweet process so then any of, of our virtual assistants either Kristen here or our Filipino staff they can follow that process that Kristen has made from my video and that's a really nice system that, that I've got um, going on and it's allowed me to accelerate how much I can delegate so sweet process for example is an obvious match for Zirtual in my mind but what we're interested here is to get you guys listening to this and watching this podcast to leave us some comments underneath the video and tell us what kind of service you'd like to see matched with Zirtual. So it might be a bookkeeping service or bookkeeping software or it could be, you know, it could be Uber, the, the, the car service, it could be a laundry service, whatever. What, what kind of service do you think would be a good match for Zurch or to partner up with to bring uh, an even better offering to you guys? So leave us some comments under the video, I'll get I'll get Maren to, to swing by in a week's time and award the winner and you'll pick up a $50 Amazon voucher to go and buy your favourite book. How's that sound Maren, good? That
1: sounds great.
0: Cool. Hey, what's the number, I didn't want to get into the whole kind of gender thing here but you are the first female entrepreneur we've had on this podcast. Right. Um, how, how have you have you have you found being a female entrepreneur? Has it made any difference at all? Is there any particular challenges that you've had? Or
1: ah, oh, there's challenges, but I think it's just as much as anybody has. They're just always going to be a little bit different. But I mean, I don't know. I find it great. I'm always the minority when I'm in meetings and things like that, and that never hurts. It makes it interesting. So yeah. I've not. I don't know. A lot of people seem to think that it's harder. I haven't seen it. It's been fine. I think. You know, you just kind of uh, use what you have, and that's about that. Cool. I mean, it's it's good. It'd always be good to get more people into it, but I think a lot of it seems like there's more and more of a push for female entrepreneurs, female engineers, things like that. I see more and more of them all the time. I mean, it's funny because Zirtual is like a, geez, I want to say eighty percent female company, so. I I don't see it as much because we're like women all the time. But at the same time, my executive team is four people, and I'm the only woman on that team. So that's a good point. And my board is all men. And yeah, it's it, there's definitely a it's definitely a minority, especially within the, the tech and internet space. But
0: mm.
1: yeah, I mean, it's just people.
0: This might be a really stereotypical question, but I uh, when I was thinking about getting a as virtual assistant. In the back of my mind, for some reason, I, th- I, th- I felt like I wanted a female because they just seem more organized than men. Is that true or is that just a myth?
1: I mean, to me, it's just my... Uh, I don't have any facts to base this on, but the best COO that I've ever met have always been female. I think women, the women I've met are more organized, they're more emotionally intuitive, they're more um, detail-focused and really can kind of dig in there and, and get things done. I don't know if that's across the board true, but it definitely, it's what we've noticed. But I mean, we also have VAs that are dudes that are amazing as well. We have managers that are guys, we have all sorts, but uh, I think it's more the type of person, the detail-oriented person, the person that wants to please, it's very intuitive of their client's needs and of other people's needs that we attract, and that type of person always does an amazing job.
0: Yeah. And your virtual assistants are all US-based, is that right? Yep. Cool. Why, so why why was that? Just so that you could get to know them and screen them and get the right people?
1: I think it's nice to have people that understand your culture. Well, it's nice to have people in your time zone. It's nice to have people that understand your culture. Um, when we grow and we go internationally, like obviously we have international clients, but all of our assistants are still US-based. Once we get to a point where we can expand internationally, I'd love to have virtual assistants who are in South Africa and work with South African uh, clients. So they're on the same time zone, they understand the same cultural intricacies, or if we have um, Chinese virtual assistants working with Chinese clients, because there's just a lot of stuff that gets lost in translation. Um, And I know this from working with a lot of offshore virtual assistants in the beginning. And I just kinda like the idea of keeping jobs within, you know, your your kind of area. There's a lot of stuff that offshoring is great for, but sometimes it's nice to have someone who's who's closer to you physically, who understands the intricacies, who can see a word and understand that you're you're being jovial or that you seriously mean X, Y, and Z, things like that.
0: Yeah, I got to say, as an Australian, most of our customers are actually US-based, yeah. and culturally, uh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that I don't even need to communicate with Kristen because she just gets it. Because our, you know, we have very similar cultures. But also being in a different time zone, because I live in Australia, even though I'm in San Francisco right now. Interviewing you, which is kind of weird, but um, living in Australia, it's great because I go to bed and while I'm asleep, Kristen's working away, doing stuff, organizing a whole bunch of stuff, and I wake up and all this stuff's done, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I used to love of working with people in the Philippines. I'd go to bed in the morning, my inbox would be full of fitness.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, all right, just before we wrap up, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Uh,
1: alright this is gonna sound really corny but and um, you're gonna hear a laughter from the background possibly because there's other people here and I say this all the time but there's this PDF that you can get online it's called principles by Ray Dalio he's one of the you can hear <laughs> my boyfriend laughing in the background but uh, he's one of like the leading hedge fund managers in the country and he's actually really really focused on a culture and building like a business based on culture, but also based on data. It's about 120 pages. It's free. It's online. Like, if I wish I had read that when I first started. It is so chock full of just really applicable advice, and it, it's an internal thing for, for um, Bridgewater, the hedge fund, but it's available online, and it can be applied to almost any industry. So I would say read that. And then the second piece of advice would just be like, read everything you can get your hands on, especially that has to do with successful people that are written about them or by them and just pattern recognition.
0: Yeah, awesome. So the principles by, who's the author, Ray?
1: Ray Dahlia.
0: Ray Dahlia. Okay, I'm going to find that and put a link to that in the show notes. Um, what kinds of people do you think can benefit most from the Zirtual service?
1: Um, entrepreneurs, small business owners, uh, professionals who who need a little bit of support whether they're a consultant or working in an office where they just don't have an admin. Those are the people that we have the most of and that's what we notice, you know, gets a ton from it. But at the same time, we have couples that always use their virtual assistant as kind of their home manager and to um, liaison with their nanny and the, you know, school district or whatever. So if there's a wide variety, but the ones that Typically, get the absolute most out of it would be uh, early stage entrepreneurs because you don't have a big team, and having that one or two people working with you can really uh, skyrocket your success.
0: Yeah, which is another great tip for you know any entrepreneur starting out is just surround yourself with good people and bring a team, build a team early because yeah. you know otherwise you just burn Matt. out. And kid, yeah, exactly, burn out and kill yourself trying to do everything you know yourself. Having a good team and good people is is crucial. Um, Hey, Maran, where can people reach out to you to thank you for your time here?
1: Uh, I'm easily accessible through email. It's just Maren, which is spelled like Karen but with an M, at virtual, which is spelled like virtual but with a Z.
0: Awesome. You've rehearsed that, haven't you?
1: I said it so many times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, Finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why?
1: Ray Dahlia, because I love him.
0: Okay. All right. Done. Hey, Maren, thank you very much for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate it and I wish you all the best for the future of Zirtual and thank you for providing us with such an awesome service.
1: Thanks so much. Have a good one.
0: Cool. Cheers.